This Choircast podcast episode is brought to you by the five-star novel, What Can't Be Hidden, by Brandon Andrus. When a stranger is captured in the nearby forest of the isolated and restrictive community of Petrida, a dark, hidden secret is revealed. The Petridian people discover that there are others living on the island. While panic and fear consume the town, Thura clandestinely befriends the stranger, who gives her hope for escaping the only life she's ever known and finding something she has never experienced before. Freedom. What can't be hidden is right on time for this moment. It is a stunning and universal portrayal of a people awakening and coming to terms with the systems that have promised to give them peace and freedom while discovering that these virtues can only come from within. What Can't Be Hidden is available everywhere online. A bisexual hairstylist who escaped a cult, a black mystic, and a recovering evangelical. What could go wrong? This is the Messy Spirituality Podcast with Lola Robbins, Kyle Butler, and Jason Elam. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Messy Spirituality Podcast. My name is Jason Elam. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're excited to have you back with us for another episode, and I'm excited, as always, to be joined by our amazing co-hosts, Lola and Kyle. How are you guys? I'm good. That's all he has to say. He's just good. He's just good. (laughs) I'm good. Kyle's so chill. I'm good and chill. Okay. Well, that's good. Lola, how are you? I am super good. My hair is really dirty, but that's okay. But I'm living my best life, so I'm very happy today. Thank you. Okay. Very good. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) And we are joined by the men, the myths, the legends, the publishers of choir, and best-selling authors in their own right. Matt DeStefano, Keith Giles, welcome, guys. Woo! Hey, I'm excited you. to be here now. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so He's excited now. Now I am. Yeah, that was a great introduction. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, welcome back. Uh, so excited to have you guys with us. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for letting us kind of crash your party here. This is kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. You <laughs> know, it's fun. not really fun. It just got started. Kind of I don't fun. know what's going to happen. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Maybe it'll turn out okay. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? It's been so, entertaining so far. We've actually been <laughs> trying to talk to each other for about 20 minutes. So 30 minutes of technical difficulties, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right. So uh, what's going on with you guys, Matt and Keith? What's up? What's up? Wow, so that's a, that's a loaded question. There's a lot going Dude, on. Dude, you can't do that. What's that? What 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 year is this? Kid? What's that? That was cute. That was, <laughs> that was a pretty decent morning. Scream! That was so, great. What's that? Bad. Wasn't bad. <laughs> so much going on. Uh, well, we're running this little this little um, publishing company, and that's keeping us very, very, very busy. In fact, we're so busy this week that um, Matt and I forgot that our our podcast we do together, Apostates Anonymous, that uh, we had an episode came out. We were like, oh, wait a minute. We forgot to even mention that. We were so busy promoting other stuff. So um, yeah, lots going on. We're very busy. Uh, I guess we're here to talk a little bit about some of what that is. But um, Yeah, we're so busy. I have no idea why I'm here. <laughs> what is this about again? <laughs> we'll figure that out as we go. Yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> 
Yeah, I remember a few months ago hearing you guys talk about choir releasing maybe 12 books this year. You guys were going to try to do one a month. But (laughs) what the hell happened? Because y'all have released like 12 books since January. At least six. Well, no, yeah, it's six so far. Okay, well, that's and, way more yeah. than you expected to, so, right? Uh, so next yeah. month, we're just going to take the year off. We're just going to have 12 <laughs> books in, in the first two months, and then uh, we're just going to kick back. Okay. <laughs> hey, see, I wasn't doing the math. I wasn't thinking you're going to release all 12 in two yeah, months. What do you, mean, what do you think? Right. We meant like one a month? No, 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 no. Yeah, we got a lot going wow. on. And I, I don't know what happened to that pledge. I do remember, Matt, we had said, we're going we're gonna to take it easy. This is back in December. We're like, yeah, we're just going to take it slow. Maybe like a, maybe a book a month and then we'll slowly ramp up to two books a month. And then that went out the window fairly quick. And now it's like, we're releasing sometimes two or three books. Oh, in the same week, like this week, Heather Hamilton's book came out and then the choir classics came out. So Heather Hamilton's book is brilliant and amazing. It is. If folks, if you haven't read it yet, it's called Returning to Eden, a field guide for the spiritual journey. It's incredible. You can hear a full interview with Heather on our previous episode to this one. So Matt, uh, was it just too many great manuscripts coming you guys' way? I think we just had like, so for a long time, we've talked to Ralph about ideas and Ralph had a lot of great ideas. And so for so long, we've kicked around awesome ideas that just never got implemented. And then it was like, we got the keys to the cars. So we're like, Ooh, what can we do? So it was like, well, let's try not to drive it off the cliff, but let's see if we can do some cool shit with this car. So, so y'all just decided to open it up and see what this baby could do. Let's see what this baby can do. Let's see what, let's see what can happen. Yeah. And so we, we've had, you know, Kevin Sweeney published a book, uh, his yes. second, his second with us. So and then Maria Francesca, the, the ladies Ugh. have been taken over lately. I'm Maria Francesca French and yeah. Heather Hamilton have like, have been fantastic. And so it's been really, really exciting to work with such cool people. And it's really cool to be on you know, the author side and now the publisher, publisher side. And it's a whole different world. So it's cool to see that dynamic. A whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad Keith said it so I didn't have to sing it. That's good. Um, yeah, and not only are you guys kicking ass in the publishing realm, uh, Choir Cast became a thing. Yes. Which yes. we're all really excited about. And there's some big announcements yet to come. We're not going to talk about those in this episode, but some really big stuff brewing for the Choir Cast Network. Big, big. When we say big, we're not kidding. It's going to be big, but super we, freaking big. Yep. We can't, but we can't announce anything yet. But it's. I'm going to. I'm going to say. I'm going to say. I'm going to announce it right now. We're bringing on Mark Driscoll and his new podcast. <laughs> yeah, be really excited about it. I, I, I would like to officially. Um, Keith, I forgot to run that by you. <laughs> Only if we're going to run his podcast, and then we're going to insert little jokes and little sarcastic yeah. comments. That then, then I'm in. Let's okay. do that. Are y'all launching the choir reformed Calvinist imprint? <laughs> yeah. 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 How do we, how do we incorporate, like, re- I don't know how we incorporate the, the name into reformed, the Q. We have to have a Q somewhere in reformed, mm. like a silent Q. Yeah. <laughs> a silent Q. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. The, you you know, guys the have got a is- ton of stuff happening. 
Yeah. Karen Shock's got a book coming up pretty soon. Matt, you've got The Wisdom of Hobbits coming out soon. Yeah. Um, you guys are just killing it. We're so glad to have you here for a few minutes of your time tonight. We're going to get into an in-depth conversation in a few minutes about the censorship, what's happening uh, in our country, what's been happening in the world, and what censorship costs us all mm-hmm. here in a couple of minutes. But before that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, once again... It's time for Auntie Lola's Bible Story! Yes. What the fuck? Yay. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. That's what we do on our show. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, we have more enthusiasm on this show. Wrong, oh, wrong, oh. wrong show, Matt. Wrong show. My bad. My bad. I told you I didn't know I was here. <laughs> Heard that. Okay. So... Uh, today we're in Exodus 7, the, the 10 plagues. Um, so we all know the 10 plagues, uh, and that Pharaoh was kind of a bitch about releasing God's chosen people. Um, some background on Pharaoh is that he was Egyptian. Most Egyptians are polytheists, and he tried to that you know, theology. And one of his beliefs was associated with Mott, the goddess of justice, in order to reach a good afterlife. When you die, your heart must be as light as her feather, meaning you caused harm to none on earth. So at the beginning of the 10 plague story, Pharaoh has a hard heart and he hardens his heart himself a few times. Um, But then with the plague of the boils, God is said to be the one to harden his heart. So it was kind of like God slapping Pharaoh in the face with his own religion, it seems. And also God wasn't ready to let Moses know the fact that until like two plagues later, he was making an example of, you know, Pharaoh and how he's proving his immortal and powerful status to everyone. It seems premeditated to me, but <laughs> what do y'all say? Uh, yeah, I've always had a problem with that. God hardened his heart. And because the result of that was a whole lot of little kids got killed. Right. That part. Seriously. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what well, we're doing. And, uh, these Bible stories, there's always some element where it's just like completely screwed up. Yeah. And this is the stuff that we teach our kids in Sunday school that makes everybody grow up thinking, you know what? Well, God is an asshole. So it's okay yeah. if I'm an asshole. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, so. Jason is saying ass and asshole. Sorry. Yeah. It's Matt. I love it. Matt's I've, had a, I've had a rough week at work and I've talked <laughs> no, to Matt Stefano three times this week. So. Yes. Yeah. It's Matt. Okay, it's, all, it's all my medic. <laughs> it is. Kyle, you were saying something. You know, so, you know, you guys know my perspective already. So I, I come from a perspective of, I don't, I don't believe that any of the religious versions of what they call God is God, but so many people do. So for them, I talk about their version of God and the more we, we the more I look into these stories, the more I hear them now with, with this way of thinking and understanding. Why doesn't that God just get rid of the bad guy in the story? Right. So why didn't he just get rid of Pharaoh? Right. Was this God not wise enough or did not this all knowing God couldn't find someone that can take Pharaoh's place that would just let the people go? Mm. You know, so he doesn't do that. That that God doesn't do that. It can't 
figure out a better plan. So he, he inflicts all these plagues on Egypt. And when we say Egypt, it's very important to understand this wasn't just affecting Pharaoh. It was affecting all of Egypt. There were people who were totally not connected to what was going on in the palace that were being affected by these plagues. And for some right. reason, this God is like, I'm cool with that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. That's that's cool by me because I want to I want to teach Pharaoh a lesson. And so, you know, again, when you when you take time to give these stories thought, you, it should raise some really serious questions, questions that we didn't raise when we were preaching and teaching this stuff, because we just went from the perspective of these people were bad and God was a good guy. Uh-huh. But when you lose that perspective, you realize that people weren't bad at all. God is the bad guy in these stories. Yes, absolutely. Matt, Matt, what do you do with that story now with mm. where you are in Christianity or post-Christianity or whatever you are at this point? Yeah, so I, um, I mean, I, I read it as a mythology, right? So I don't, I don't read anything in scripture, any ancient text where it says God. I don't necessarily believe that that's God. It's, it's their best attempt to describe what's happening. And they have a very God is in control or God is our God. So he's going to guide us mentality, right? What I see it as is a lesson to be learned about a society that enslaves people. Shit is going to come back against you. If you have all the, the Hebrew people, right? They're, they're, they're called to be fruitful and multiply. And so more and more people are becoming enslaved in this society. And when that happens, what's going to happen? Squalor is going to take over, disease, pestilence rising up. That to me is the lesson. And shit is going to come back to haunt you if you enslave other people and oppress other people. Now, did God really do all those things? No, that's just how they, that's what they believed, that God was on their side and they liberate, and God through Moses liberated them and killed all the firstborn sons eventually and, and all this stuff that we're like, oh my God, that's... But I see the truth behind that in that, you know, you might be on top now, but eventually it's going to go the other way for you. And your society, if it's built upon the backs of other people, we can relate in America, right? Yep. We're going to end up in a place that we don't want to be in, and it's going to be bad for all of us. So we have to acknowledge those sins and we have to rectify them. Otherwise, we could learn something from the Exodus. If we don't turn from our ways, shit's going to get ugly for us. Wow. We're starting to see some of that ugly now, I think. Yeah. I mean, we've been seeing it, right? The civil rights movement was ugly. Um, As far as the fallout, the backlash against it, we saw a glimpse of the the depravity at work uh, in our culture. Just from, you know, the, the little dark girl coming into the schoolhouse. I mean, you you almost like see gnashing of teeth yeah. in the crowd, right? Yeah. In my own state in Florida where I live, right now we're starting to see a backlash again against the civil rights era and uh, really trying to push towards more enslavement, but it's all being done in the name of freedom. Yeah, not funny. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? But it's gotten to the point where we're literally banning books from classrooms. There are teachers in the state of Florida now that have cleared every book out of their bookshelves in their classrooms because there's a fine or punishment to teachers who have books that they shouldn't have in their classroom. And rather than trying to figure out which ones are the bad ones, let's just get rid of all of them. Yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 
so censorship has reared its ugly head again. But that's not new, right? That's happened several times over the history of the world. And it, there's a huge toll to society every time. Um, what do you guys think when you see these kind of headlines? Is it, is it not? I mean, you're publishers. So I'm guessing yeah. anytime they start pulling books out of society, it's a big deal to you. Yeah, absolutely. Big time. I mean, I guess when I, when I see the direction, when you just kind of see the direction we're headed and it's backwards, right? Right. We're going backwards. We're, we, we've now we've backed up. We, we're backing up on, on abortion being legal. So now, now we backed up to that. We're, we're uh, passing laws to kind of erase civil rights, you know, advancements that were made. Now we're going back and kind of erasing those. They're literally now wanting to, they're talking about, you know, repealing uh, same-sex marriage. And eventually that could be interracial marriage. Like we're just going backwards and backwards and backwards. And then, and like you said, now we're banning books from libraries and schools. I guess, honestly, what I, when I get, when I see that kind of stuff, what scares me, I don't even think about it yet. I mean, I know we're, that's what we're going to talk about in this podcast. I don't, I don't my first thought is it, how is that going to affect choir? What I literally start to think is that if, if these people that want to create a theocracy have their way and don't tell me they can't do it because they can do it. I've already seen things that I never thought would happen have already happened. Right. And so if, if these people that want a Bible based theocracy in America get their way, and some of them, I've even heard them say this on, on, you know, on interviews and things like this on television, on podcasts, they've actually said things like, Oh, we're going to have, um, obscenity laws. We're going to have, uh, it's going to be, you, you could go to jail for, um, for heresy or blasphemy, blasphemy laws. You'd either pay a fine or you could go to jail. You know, they're going to put people in jail for adultery. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them saying that if you were they ain't gay, gonna do that. they ain't going to do that one. Cause they're all doing that too. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, but if you're gay, they're going to stone you. I mean, like, so then I think like, dude, one of these days, and not just would choir go away. I mean, Matt and I could be in jail one day because we're, we're not only are we writing books like this, we're publishing lots of other books like this and the level of getting, you know, canceled in that society is like, yeah, you're going to go to jail. Matt, what do you think when you see these headlines? So many things that will maybe eventually get me arrested. Well, yeah, I, I see more than anything is the hypocrisy. So, so many of us were raised conservative, right? I was raised conservative, evangelical. Above all else was freedom and small government. That what that's what conservatism was when I was a kid, and I I admittedly I'm not proud of it, but like I was able to vote for the first time a month and a half after my 18th birthday, and it was for George Bush, right? Because yep. that's what you did. I mean, right. like, that's what you did. But at least I will say this, that at least conservatives back then talked more about small government, uh, economic policy, and freedoms. And they still talk about those things, and they turn around and do big government things because you cannot convince me that the government stepping in to ban books is not a big government move. You can't tell me that all these freedoms that they're trying to take away of, uh, God, teachers' ability to uh, teach AP African-American studies. Mm-hmm. Like, they're in no society is that a small government move. So they're just a bunch of hypocrites. They, they want freedom for the things that they want, but it's not freedom for everyone else, which is not freedom by definition. Right. <laughs> Even when I was evangelical, it was like, we have to we have to maintain to this freedom almost in a libertarian sense 
even of the things we don't like or don't partake in ourselves because that's the, that's in the name of freedom. Because you can't legislate morality. Exactly. That was the thing they used to say, exactly. right? That's right. That's right. And now, now we're like, going to try that apparently. Now we're going to do it because we don't like gays, so we're going to take that away. We don't like abortions, we're going to take that away. We don't like critical race theory because, we, well, A, we don't even know what the hell we it is. We don't know what it is, <laughs> but we know it's bad. <laughs> if you think kids are being taught critical race theory, I go, my daughter goes to a public school in liberal California. She's never come home wanting to be another gender. All of a sudden, they're not manipulating her, grooming her. Like, she's accepted of her non-binary friends and her trans friends and her gay friends, of course, right? And But she's not coming home like with academic level critical race theory being taught, feeling bad, like, I'm a terrible white person. Like the, the, they're just saying that that's going to be, you know, happen to all the white kids. It's like, that's literally the shit that, that so many conservative Christians are mad about are not real things. They don't right. affect anyone. They don't affect them. So I don't know why you're so mad. Yeah, they're saying about things that aren't real. And while there is actual shit going down that they're not even talking about and don't want to talk about, in fact, would prefer no one to talk about, right? And I I honestly wish they would teach a a child-friendly version of critical race theory. Like, we need to know our history. Like, why all of a sudden is it patriotic to throw things under the rug and pretend shit didn't happen when it did? Yeah. It makes no sense to me. You don't love America, Matt. If you loved America, yeah. you'd want to create a, a false version of, of America right. that we could all pretend was real. Yeah. Well, it looks like, in my view at least, DeSantis here in Florida is just trying to use freedom to reward the people who support him and the policies that he likes and make everybody else very uncomfortable. Um, and, and the news is totally going with him on that journey because they're, I saw a report today, more people are moving into Florida than leaving it. People must love DeSantis. No, what? <laughs> I moved here for the beach. I did not move here for weather. the governor. Are you sure? I mean, I okay. promise. All right. Yeah. But, Kyle, I wanted to talk to you about this because sadly, so much of the vitriol and so many of these new laws, this, you know, in the, in the guise of small government, we're enacting more laws, which, you know, Republicans used to be against more laws, but we're going to invoke more laws now to basically hurt people who look like you and reward people who look like me. What do you think when you hear these headlines? Like a couple of weeks ago, the story broke about uh, them banning the teaching of African-American history in in the AP courses. What what goes through your mind when you hear stuff like that? Well, you know, it's troubling. Uh, Me being a a optimist, and I I am optimistic about life and where we're going and everything like that. I want to say this, this like... um, you know, this well thought out response, which would be something like, well, you know, th- the power structure that is, they're seeing the, 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 the threats of more people getting educated and more people becoming aware and, and, and they're losing grips on their power. They're afraid to lose, they're, they're losing grips on their power. So they're, they're throwing out all these things to see if whatever they can get to stick because they want to try to stay in control. America is, is becoming more diverse and we're, you know, we have much more access to information and we're learning more and we're more, uh, acceptable than we used to be and things like that. So this, this, this power structure, of course, is, is terrified that, that it's going to lose something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want to say that's where it all stems from. And, and I, I kind of really believe that, but 
more so what I believe, I, I, I believe in, in the people. I do. I believe in the people. I believe that there's enough of us here that sees what's really going on. And despite the noise and the chatter and the few successes that they seem to get, I think there's a, there's enough of us here that say, you know what? We're not going that far and we're not going that far. We're not going that far. That's what I, I, I hope to believe. I, I hope to believe that we're, we're on a, uh, on an upward path to continue to be better human beings here in this country and all, all around the world. Uh, you know, I, I want to believe that. Although, despite what's happening, it's, it's depressing and it's, it's, it's saddening. And, you know, that tells people in the African American community that, you know, the responsibility to teach our children about our culture and our history is now falls on us solely, which maybe that's where it should have been all along because, you know, did we ever really get a fair shake anyway? Was the history ever really accurate anyway? And, you know, whether it's the African-American history or the women history or the, the Native American history, was any of that really accurate? I'd, I'd love to, to go back during some of those times and, and pull some of those people to the side and get their side of the story as to what really happened. Um, but of course, we know. We, we kind of got what we got and we learned what we learned. So, I mean, you know, that's kind of how I see it. Ola, yeah. how about you? What, what happens when you, when you hear these stories? I, th- now listen here. I am not an ageist, firstly. <laughs> most of these here, people. <laughs> here, here it comes. Uh, she's old. like, they're all going to die and solve my problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Die. <laughs> that, might, that might be what has to happen. No, yes. but really. No, like, in 10 to 15 years, they'll all be dead. Yes, they've caused a lot of harm in the meantime, but I still feel like it can be undone. You know, not super easily, but, you know, it won't be such a huge feat for people that are coming up in positions of power that will actually be civil servants and not people in power. That's what I think. I'd vote for you, Lola. Do what? Yeah, I like that. I wish that would. Oh, let's do that. Well, that's what they're supposed to be. It's that's how I've always seen it. <laughs> that may be egotistical, but um, anyway. I'm young and naive. However, they're old and getting sick. So <laughs> who's got the upper hand here? Wow. Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, well, Just like run out the clock, too. Lola. That's what you got to do. Just run out the clock and then they'll die. Oh, I'll be gone soon. It's fine. Well, we'll hit the reset, but it's fine. It's, I got it. Don't worry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Two with censorship and, and all the books being banned. That's fine because I mean, print's not going to be dead any at any point in time. We're going to keep creating content. It, this podcast is, is one example of it, too. We're just going to keep creating more and more content for people to be able to hear the truth about the things that really happened and, you know, what, what's fair, what's equal, what's right. That's what I think. Yeah. In the age of the Internet, it's going to be a lot harder to fully censor even minority views. Uh, mm-hmm. than it used to be. Now, obviously, China, other places like that, they're sure taking a great stab at that, trying to really restrict freedom of speech in some of these other countries. Keith, yeah. you look like you're about to jump in. Well, just a couple of things. I mean, so uh, the first thing is just responding to what you just said. Like, 
yeah, the internet was intended to be initially was this freedom, like, you know, freedom of speech. Anybody can post anything. And that, that is still true. I can post any videos I want on YouTube. I can post any blog posts I want. I can post anything on Twitter and Facebook. However, Twitter. what we are now seeing is that the people that run those companies have figured out a way to throttle back those things. And I, it doesn't matter that you got 5,000 followers on Facebook or I have over 10,000 followers on Twitter, but I put out, a, I put out a tweet on Twitter and maybe, maybe a few hundred will see it, right? Because they're throttling it back because they want you to pay money to get a premium thing and blah, blah, blah. Or they just don't like what you're saying. And so they're, you know, they're going to downgrade what you're saying. Anyway, there's just, so, so there are things happening right now in social media where social media is no longer this equalizer and it's not this bastion of freedom of speech anymore. And he, but again, the irony is, right? Here's Elon Musk saying he's all about freedom of speech. And what is the first thing he, do, he does when he takes over Twitter is he shuts that thing down. So, you know, that's one thing we're seeing. The other thing I wanted to say is just going back to what Kyle was saying. I mean, so when you look at this idea of America, right? So 1776, America, we're supposed to be this land of the free, home of the brave. We're all about championing freedom. It's all about freedom. That's the story we tell ourselves, right? America, we're all about freedom. We're this, we're different from all other nations because we're all about freedom and democracy. Yeah, except that it's almost 250 years later and black people and women and gay people are still fighting to be included in that original declaration of freedom, right? And so, yeah, we're, we haven't even started to live up to this promise. Um, and like we said, we're going backwards. We're, we're not about that. Like if we were really truly what we tell ourselves we are in America, we're all about freedom and equality and all that. Bullshit, no, we're not. If we really were, then, you know, black people and gay people and women would not be fighting to have the same equality as, as the old white men. Oh, absolutely. That's so true. Yeah. Um, Keith, I was reading your foreword to Leo Tolstoy today and thinking about how Tolstoy's books were literally banned in the original language. I mean, he had such strong nonviolent views that when people would read his work, they would turn against military service, yes. which was hurting their country uh, right. in, the, in the eyes of the political leaders. He was a genuine threat. And so they banned his books in the original languages. And now I'm so excited that Choir Classics is bringing this stuff back. This is stuff that has literally been actually censored yep. uh, in parts of our history. What does it feel like to you to be able to publish something like that? I just say uh, it's huge for me personally, because I, first of all, that book um, is a phenomenal book and it was a huge game changer in my personal life. But to, to see that choir, choir had something to do with the fact that Leo Tolstoy's book, The Kingdom of God is Within You, um, shows up in a new edition with a new forward on Amazon this week and hits number one and stays there. Like, that's awesome to me. The, the choir got, had something to do with that. And that means the, what that means is it's not just, Oh, look, it's number one. Yay. It's number one because people are buying this thing and they're buying it and they're going to read it. And I, and my hope is that it has that same kind of radical impact that it had, you know, back in the 1800s when he first published this thing. Matt, how do you feel about publishing this stuff? Uh, it's, it's obviously really exciting. It's an, I mean, it's an honor. I got to publish or I got to write a forward for a book that Tolkien was involved in. And, and I don't even read, it's a book of poetry. Um, I I don't read poetry. I don't write poetry. So, but it, but just to, it's almost like to just like, 
most of these things, you can find copies on Amazon and things, but a lot of times it's like this shitty PDF or someone photocopied and scanned. <laughs> but it's like, no, they, these should be elevated and become, these are works of art. These are things that people should collect and read. And you're right, like to be able to literally, we're in the same place. I think Tolstoy's was published in 1894 originally in Germany because it, mm-hmm. it, they, they, they banned it in Russian. Mm-hmm. So it was first published in Germany and then the U.S. Like here we are 129 years later and we're having the same conversations about banning books yes. in the land of the free. So to yeah. be a part of a nonviolent resistance of sorts, to say, no, we're actually going to publish more books. We're going to publish the books that were literally banned because we want people to have a free exchange of information. And then it's really cool to actually do something. Now, I, you know, I don't know if this book is going to be number one for the next 10 years. I don't care. The fact that people are reading it and are in it. Well, I do. I mean, that'd be fucking That'd phenomenal. be great. <laughs> Guess I, I don't I'll care. I'll vote for that. I, I, Guess I don't care. But Matt I think doesn't want to be a millionaire. <laughs> well, okay, no, then. Well, I didn't say that. No, I want to be a billionaire, son. Um, so now I could be the problem. No, I just, it's, it's just really cool that people are interested. And, and that's uh, interested in classic works. And, and I think it sounds odd to say, but I, I honestly believe our society would find a lot of healing if we just read more and read broadly. I don't know where I heard this, but someone said, and this isn't fiction, but we are going to publish fiction, that you become a much more empathetic person if you read more fiction. Hmm. And I think that's because you connect with characters that you wouldn't otherwise see, you wouldn't otherwise think about or try to see through their eyes. And so if we can be a part of bringing more empathy and compassion, I mean, that's what a lot of this is about. Like, if we had empathy for women in America, we would not ban abortion. Right. If we had empathy for black people in America, we would not continue to fight the drug war and we would not, we would reform prison because prison, prison is just legalized it's slavery. New, it's a new yeah. slavery because yes. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a loophole because it allows you to do the things that you, to take away the rights of people who are not just not slaves anymore prisoners and if you can lock up black folks and brown folks more often you can have a new type of slavery if we had empathy for them we could not have that in society so we don't we lack empathy and compassion for people not like us Mm. yeah that's right wow so good all right keith you mentioned the kingdom of god is within you uh but there's other titles that you guys are putting out under choir classics you want to talk (laughs) about some of those yeah, so uh, we launched with three titles. We kind of wanted to kind of come out uh, with three at once um, to kind of let people know, hey, this is a series, and let you, you know, Raphael Palindo did these amazing covers. They're they're gorgeous. They're I mean, yeah, they're the kind of thing we're hoping people want to buy the whole collect the whole series and put them on their shelves and and all that stuff. So yeah, the 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 third book that we haven't mentioned uh, is uh, David Bentley Hart wrote the forward to. Um, what is which is like his favorite book, uh, Alice's Adventures in Wonderland and Through the Looking Glass, but those are both combined. They have illustrations, which is also really cool. We were able to include the illustrations in the book as well. And so uh, those are the three we launched with and, you know, the one Matt mentioned, uh, Spring Harvest. And, uh, but the goal going forward is we hope we can publish about one a month going forward. So I've heard um, that come- before though. Yeah. Does that mean you're going to do three a month? No, 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 no. no, We can't do that. No, I, 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 I would put my foot down on that one. Um, we got, we got, we got to slowly put these out once a month. So I don't really know what the next one is, but I know. Give the, the, yeah, give some of them. Yeah. But I'll give you, I'll give you the ones that are, that are in motion right now in different stages of development, but I can talk about them because they're going to happen. Um, so one is, um, 
a book by Dostoevsky called The Brothers Karamazov. Um, happens Brian to be. Zahn talks very fondly about that book. And that's the reason why we asked Brian Zahn, uh, wouldn't it be great, Brian? This is exactly what I said. Hey, Brian, wouldn't it be great if your favorite book in the entire world was like reprinted with an amazing cover and on the cover it said, Forward by Brian Zahn? <laughs> and he said, sign me up. So uh, he's already written the forward. We're just now putting it together. So that Brothers Karamazov will be uh, out there. And once again, so it, this is again, what's so excited, exciting to me about this classics thing is that we're, we've been able to find people to write these forwards who have genuine excitement and passion and love for these books. You know, we're not just randomly going and grabbing people. And so Brian is excited about this, right? He's really into this. And so, yeah, we're excited. And that makes us, us excited to put that out. We're also doing uh, one of my favorite books. I love this book. It's called The Prophet by Khalil Gibran. Uh, if you haven't read this book, phenomenal book. It also has illustrations. Super short, super easy. Yeah, yeah, it's real simple. It's kind of a Proverbs. It's a story, but it's a lot of like really wisdom Proverbs, spiritual Proverbs that are really great. Just a lot of depth and beauty. It, it includes uh, sketches by the author. And um, the forward on that one is William Paul Young, who wrote The Shack. Um, he also begged me to do that one. He was like, oh, please. Yes, I have to do that. So I'm like, okay, it's yours. And the third book... Drum roll, please, that we're releasing is by, uh, it's, well, it's Jack London, uh, Call of the Wild, and um, the forward, that forward is written by Shonda Ja. Shonda is uh, one of our co hosts in Heritage Happy Hour, and she has a personal connection to uh, that book and to Jack London as well. So she was also really excited about that. Those are the ones we can announce. We have others in motion. We got, we got, we got one more. We're actually going to do a book for, uh, this is our way, Acquire's way of doing some sort of reparations. So we have... Uh, oh, that's right. That's right. We're, we're going to publish Frederick Douglass. And December Rose is going to write the foreword. And she's going to pick a black nonprofit for a portion of the royalties to go to. There you go. Sweet. So that's what we're going to do. That's our, our little part. Our little part. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's the Frederick Douglass um, one with December, which is very exciting. And actually, we're, our hope is to do more than one of Frederick Douglass's uh, books because... He's so amazing, so phenomenal. And we are excited about being able to put up more of his stuff. I, I want to also say this is way in the future, but everyone's no secret that I am a huge fan of Philip K. Dick and his right. science fiction author. And I found out there's like 17 or 18 short stories of his that are in the public domain. So Ooh. down the road, there will be a short story collection of Philip K. Dick. And I will be writing the forward to that myself. And, and, and I will just say this, in 2040, Tolkien's works all go to public domain. So, Woohoo! <laughs> in, in, in 17 years, if, if uh, we haven't melted off the face of the earth. Then Let's we'll go ahead and get those ready. Can we just get those files ready to go? <laughs> no, because I might, I might accidentally send it to the distributor and like, accidentally publish it. <laughs> and then get us in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're going to go to jail before the whole um, heretic so. law yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, right. That's the key. Kyle, circling back to something you said earlier, um, man, I love your optimism. I love the fact that you see the best in, huma in humanity and you look for it. I was reading a, a quote that's been attributed to Lincoln. He probably didn't actually say it, but the quote is, if you look for the bad in mankind, hoping to find it, you surely will. And there are so many people looking for the fallen, the broken, the depravity around us. And I love the way that you look for the good. And man, I'm so grateful for your perspective. What's the way forward for us from here? You know, I was just thinking, 
I just had a thought while you guys were all talking and it was like, why can't, or what if everyone was like you for, uh, you know, if, if people are watching this video tonight or whenever they'll see that you guys are all white, I'm black. Wait, I'm white. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. That's the rumors. <laughs> so, but you each, are one of, each yeah. one of you have a heart for humanity and a heart for the, the disenfranchised and a heart for people that have been overlooked and, and, and run over and, and, and neglected. And, and I'm just, I, I listen to you guys talking and I've said this to both Keith and, and, and Matt and, and Jason, maybe not to Lola. Cause you know, she has a certain past that I, I can't get over yet. Sorry, Lola. I'm sorry. I'm like, you're like the annoying big brother. Thank you. <laughs> always, always. I, I'm the instigator. I've always been the instigator in the family. But um, it's okay. You, know, you, you, guys, you. You, you, you guys use your voice and your your position and your color to to invoke change and to wake people up in your community. And I've always I've told you this personally, and I've you know I've always admired you guys for that. So I, I want to see this. I want to see more of you guys and other people. And I, I, I believe it's there. I believe it's there. Maybe very deep inside most people. So, so I, I think that's the way forward that we keep talking and we keep sharing. And, and I think the more people become comfortable with just looking out for one another, I, I think that's really what sparks the whole thing and keeps us going forward in, in the, in the direction that we're, that I see that we're heading in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank, thank you, Kyle. I hope that's true. You know, and that would be a wonderful thing is if somehow we could inspire some other people maybe to use their voices the same way. That would be really wonderful. You know, I I think back over the last several years and there's been such turmoil in the country, but it's helpful for me to remember even when Donald Trump won the presidency under the banner of make America great again, which, you know, Lola still has the hat, but, um, but <laughs> that's the past. Wait a minute. True, what? True story. That's the past. Story. That's the past. Holy. But what, what he meant was make America white again. Uh-huh. Donald Trump and his support was a reaction against president Barack Obama. Oh yeah. Invoking fear into people who had always gotten their way. Yeah. And they heard these stories, these nightmare scenarios that white people were going to be the minority by 2020, uh, 2040. And so that evoked fear in their heart. And so they look for and support people who will say freedom for you, but not for them. Yeah. Yes. We're going to That's protect right. white dominance, even if you're the minority in our society by building it into the law, building it into the system. But even when Trump won that election, he still got millions less votes than his opponent. True. Yep. The majority of people reject exactly. this nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. And and obviously Joe Biden's election was a reaction against Trump. I don't know what happens from here. I don't know where we're going to go from here, but I hope that it can come uh, to a place where good, honest people can live with that empathy that Matt was talking about earlier. And yeah. we can just love each other and uh, make real progress as a society. We should have evolved beyond war by now. 
Oh, yes. yeah, we should have evolved beyond automatic weapons by now. We should have evolved beyond the fears that keep us clinging to our guns and inerrancy views of the Bible by yep. now. Yeah, yep. but we haven't. And uh, maybe that can happen. Maybe it can happen in our lifetime. And you guys at Choir are fanning that flame by publishing some incredible books. Yes. That if it wasn't for folks like you, would be lost to history. So I'm so grateful for Choir, for Choir Classics, to be a part of this family, part of this podcast network. Uh, any final thoughts from you guys about this new series? No, I just can't wait. I can't wait to put things out in the, in the, in the public square and just get people talking. I hope, I hope people start like book groups and book clubs. And honestly, I, I, Kyle, I gotta be honest with you. I'm a lot more skeptical and less hopeful than you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a, I'm a pessimist through and through. But I love, I love your optimism, but I think where I become more optimistic is that, and I've seen it, the more you try to ban shit and take it away, the more, the more it actually boosts numbers. And, and yeah. so it's like, you want to ban my book? Fine, ban my book and just see what happens and see what the reaction is to it. Because I think there is that goodness, Kyle, you're talking about in people to be like, no, fuck that. I'm going to get, I'm going to get that book now. Why are they banning that book? I don't care, but I'm going to get it because that's interesting now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, right. I hope that happens. A whole lot more people know what critical race theory is now because Fox well, they know, they they know the name. Right but, of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, but I'm saying people with empathy, people with a brain, right. people oh, with totally. intellect yeah. wanted yeah. to know, all right, what is this? Yeah, go look it up and find yeah. out. That's right. right. Yeah. Awesome. Keith, how about it, man? What uh, What are you excited about for the future? I'm excited about, uh, specifically about these Quark Classic series, just, just the um, the kinds of books that we can put out. I mean... When you look through the titles, uh, and I did this just recently, you know, if you, if you Google this, anyone listening, if you're curious, Google banned books in the public domain. And, and there's websites that will give you lists. And you'll, it'll blow your mind, number one, that they're in the public domain. There's a lot of things you would think that's, that's in the public domain. But it'll also blow your mind that that was banned. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because some of these things are like, really? Uh, but some of them are obvious, you know what I mean? And so uh, we're going to... I think down the road, I mean, we're starting off relatively mild with the things we're putting out, but uh, I'm looking forward to really pissing some people off and, and, and <laughs> well, putting out some books that are what's really one popular. What's one popular banned book? I haven't looked. Well, I mean, here's what's funny. The Call of the Wild was banned. Oh, for real? Uh, the, the, the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. I mean, that, those are silly. What was that banned uh, for? I don't know. It's but it's ridiculous. <laughs> but it but it was, um, you know. Uh, but I know Homer uh, was banned. Uh, just it, it's it's crazy. Some things I get, you know, but other things it, it's kind of weird. Huh, uh, interesting. But, but there's some there are some fun things that would be uh, as I'm as I look at some of the lists. I'm like, huh? What if we put out something like that? So yeah, That's we'll cool. see. We'll see. Well, I'm excited about the future of the series, the future of the company. I'm so grateful that you guys joined us to talk about this stuff tonight. You know, another thing gives me hope. Our most popular, down, our most downloaded episode of all time of this show in four years was not a celebrity guest who had an awesome book. It, we did an episode, Kyle, Lola, you'll remember this. We did an episode on slavery on the ballot. Yeah. Because there were some slavery measures, anti-slavery measures uh-huh. uh, on the ballots in three states, including Alabama, where Lola lives in this last election and people ate that stuff up. They were like, wait a second. 
This is still happening. And they yep. cared and they responded. And those are the people that are going to lead this thing forward. And I'm so grateful. If you're listening, thank you so much for being a part of this conversation. And I know that the future is bright with people like you in the world. Uh, Kyle and Lola, final thoughts before we go? Lola? Can I go first? Yeah. <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> I'm a little bit stoned. I'm a lot hopeful. <laughs> Or a lot of yeah. times they feel the same. That's a t-shirt right there. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Mostly I'm just happy that we don't live in the book Fahrenheit 451. Yeah. But things will get better. We won't stop producing content. We won't stop speaking out against this, even if it's censored online, you know. Things are looking up. It's only up from here, I think. Or we'll all die. So I mean. I'm sorry. Right. There you go. We do it from here or we die. I mean, that's all right, it. Kyle, end this thing on a hopeful note, brother. Oh, <laughs> funny you said that because I, I had the quote in my mind from Jesse Jackson keep hope alive. Mm. There you go. Keep hope alive. Amen. Thank you, Kyle. I love it. Mm. Thank you, Kyle. We guys, thank you so much for being a part of this episode. Uh, Keith and Matt, love you guys. So grateful Thanks, for you and the work that you're doing. And for letting us be a part of your network and your company. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right, friends, yeah, uh, you, you will find links to the books from Choir Classics in the show notes of this episode. We'll also put a link in there to Apostates Anonymous and the Heretic Happy Hour podcast, as well as the Choir website. Check that stuff out. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. <laughs>